Daily Dribble. And welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zamet, here back with the full squad for another massive instalment. To my left, I've got Mr. Lee Hancock. I'm back. To my right, I've got Mr. Roy Hancock. How are we going? Gentlemen, more to the question, how are you guys? What a week of basketball has been. Mm. It's been action-packed from start to finish, both on and off the court. What a roller coaster of a week it's been in terms of the finals. Games been taken at home. Mm. Um, you know, Denver bouncing back there in game three. It, it really has been an enthralling week. Yeah, that's the word for it, isn't it? And it probably helped. I know we'll get into it <clears> shortly, but it probably helped that Miami did take one of those games mm. on the road. And Delighted to see that. It's made it a really um, competitive series. Don't really know which way it's going to go as of yet, but um, plenty to look forward to. And for yourself, Lee, enjoying it up to this point? Yeah, a lot of surprises. That definitely proving the people wrong who, who said this was going to be a boring series because it's, you Shame know, on the after, naysayers. after that game mm. two win from Heat, it's, yeah, far from boring. Um, yeah, it's, it's massive. Mm, a lot to get huge. into then, guys. Mm. Before we do so, though, a big shout out to both Stadium Scene and The Cover, those two entities, those two networks doing fantastic things for us, as well as a whole host of other content creators in and around Australia, New Zealand, the US and Canada. So very, very appreciative of all their continued hard work and support of our good work here at The Daily Dribble. For sure. Gentlemen, before we talk a bit of finals, ball, I want to rattle through some quick odds and ends here. Mm. We'll start first and foremost with a couple of points on the Phoenix Suns. Yes, now, they've had a uh, they've had a week. Um, it started yep. first with them signing their new head coach, uh, Frank Vogel, to a five year, thirty one million dollar contract. Uh, he was a two thousand and twenty NBA champion mm. there with the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Um, has a history of constructing high level defenses, which is certainly going to be advantageous to the Suns. There, mm. you know, we know the offensive firepower they've got, but on the defensive end, they're probably lacking a little bit. So. A good acquisition, I think. Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know if it was the first name I thought of, when, I, particularly with all these other really good head coaches up for grabs, but I think that's a really solid acquisition for them. And hopefully it keeps them in and around the picture yep. um, come the pointy end of next year. Um, but, yeah, really like it, to be honest with you. Are you happy with this move as well, Lee? I mean, I would have ra- rather have Monty Williams still there over Frankie Vogel, but... You know, he's Absolutely. a he's, he's not a bad coach. He's a formidable coach. So Mate, he's a championship-winning coach with the mighty purple and gold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah what are you right. talking about? Don't let him forget. Me. Oh, but he's not the great. Like, would you rather him over Monty? Who's won, a, who's won a championship? <laughs> yeah, that's not my question. Would you rather him over Monty? I, I'd rather Monty I, if I was to have yes. one or the other. I think so. Again, though, I think it really depends a little bit on the roster. Um, mm, yeah. Just... As mentioned, I think on the defense, if you're trying to construct a better defensive identity, mm. I would lean towards Frank Vogel. But if you're looking to con- like a player first coach, a kind of real glue glue mm. guy, yep. uh, you'd certainly look towards Monty Williams. But yeah. in other news, also accompanying him, uh, they've hired David Fisdale mm. as associate uh, as assistant coach. He was formerly an associate at the Jazz. There, mm-hmm. um, he's done quite a lot of head coaching roles in his own right with the Knicks, most notably. Um, as well as the Grizzlies, he'll certainly, what he'll bring is passion, uh, unrivaled yes. passion and enthusiasm. Uh, I quite like that. Mm. I think him and Frank Vogel together will be quite a formidable team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, good to see Fizz back in the yeah, back in the coaching role. Yeah, it's nice to see him back, isn't it? And you're right, he will bring that passion. And it's probably much needed as well because it's the Suns team that at times this year have shown <clears throat> that they're a little bit sort of indifferent. They don't have the probably level of passion that they should 
Yeah. And Fizdale will push that. That'll be one of the main points, Ben. says high-energy guys. we know. We've seen him on the sidelines in the past, <laughs> and he's an eye-catcher, and it's probably what they do need. Absolutely. And, Lee, yeah. for yourself there, do you think, you know, those two will make a good tandem? Yeah, I'm happy, I, I think so. I'm happy to have Wiz Fizz back. But was he at Nick's last? Was that uh, so? He, he just come off a role with the uh, with the Jazz um, associate GM. Okay. Um, before that, he was with the Grizzlies and the Knicks. Yeah, because I remember when he was head coaching <clears throat> the Knicks. I think it was. It felt like it was an, an eternity ago, like 2019, 2020. We were saying, oh, like he's a formidable coach. I feel like he, he won't have trouble getting a uh, getting another <laughs> gig. I love when he's mic'd up. Oh, he's, he's, he's great on the mic. Mm. Just, just that enthusiasm, it really shines through. And, you know, I'm a huge advocate of, you know, players, coaches, whoever it is being mic'd up. But when you've got a character like that, it just enhances the whole experience. And the other thing that I'm just thinking now is it's a bit of yin and yang, isn't it, with those oh, it two? Because we've got one really calming presence, mm. probably quite level-headed. Yep. And we've got old Wiz Fizz over there, and he's probably the exact opposite. But yeah. he still provides um, what you need out of a coaching staff member. So, yeah, really good um, two acquisitions for the Suns. Well, the third and final piece regarding the Suns was a bit of a bombshell dropped the other day that the Phoenix Suns had notified Chris Paul that he will be waived, making the 38-year-old one of the most popular free agents heading into the offseason. 38 years old, as I mentioned. Had a career low this season, 14 points a game, nine assists, 4.3 rebounds, as well as a steal and assist, Mm. uh, a steal and a half, should I say, a game. He's going to be a man in demand, you'd think. And at mm. the moment, the Lakers are the most likely front mm. runner in that regard. Uh, did you did you see this coming? Not at all. Not at all. But um, not that I have. But I feel like you need to look deeper uh, as to why they've done this because it, it's it's it, it was a shock. I I saw mm-hmm. somewhere, and I'm not sure that this is true mm. with the cap space and his his contract ending that somehow they saved 15 million in cap space, which I mean, yep. maybe you do that if, if you're going to save 15 million, but you need to look into it. it a bit it, more. It does sound like it's true. And I wouldn't even rule out him signing back with the Phoenix Suns. There's been reports of that as well. And so I think he will no doubt join a contender. As you said, Nick, I think the Lakers teaming up with LeBron, who's a close yep. mate of his would be pretty Likely, I would have thought, but yeah, if not, absolutely. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't rule out him re-signing back with the Phoenix Suns and just freeing a bit of that cap space. I think it makes sense if they were to, you know, hypothetically move on from him, just on the basis that now since KD's come in with Booker and KD, like Chris Paul is a handle the ball point guard. Mm-hmm. He is one of the all-time greatest assisters. Assisters yes. is that yep. a word? Yep. Um, facilitators. Yep. Facilitators. That's, That's the, the one, one I wanted Assistant. in NBA history. But when you've got guys like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant who want to hold the ball as well, it kind of nullifies a little bit of what he does. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, so I see, you know, as well as his, his body's been breaking down a little bit the last few seasons. Mm. If they can save money, save cap space, and maybe tinker a little more around the edges, you mm. know, there's also talk Aiton might be on the move. Yes. You know, build around KD and, and Booker, put a squad around them. Um, mm. I think this is probably a good move. We saw it didn't quite work this season, and Chris Ball probably didn't get the ball enough that he needed mm. to actually impact the game, mm. as we've seen him in the past. So uh, I think it kind of makes sense. But mm. you know, if uh, as a Lakers fan, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him out head out west. Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean, how old is he now? 30, 38. 38 now, <clears> still <throat> averaging 14 and 9. Yes, he's down on his usual career averages, but 14 and 9 at 38 years of age. 
I mean, if you're the Lakers, you would take that in a heartbeat. But and I think again, be, yeah. But then again, just as you say that, I think mm. to myself, oh, you know, I, I think it's this year we'll have to pay him a little bit more. But I've quite yeah. liked what Dennis Schroeder's done this mm. season. He has been good. So hasn't do he? we mm-hmm. uh, do we throw in to get an aging, you know, kind of injury riddled Chris Paul? Or do we stick with that kind of more dynamic guard in Dennis Schroeder? Would CP3 accept a bench role at uh-huh. the Lakers? I think so. I think so. At 38, you've got to know within yourself, and especially mm. given this was probably his lowest season mm. in terms of output. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it happens to the best of them. It does. It's happened Sorry. to Melo, who's one of the, what is he, top 10 scorers of all time? Top 10 scorers in NBA history. It so just happens. No it? one's exe- exempt from a, no. from a bench role. No, no. All... Apart from probably Michael Jordan and LeBron James. They're yes. probably the only two. Yeah, I would um, have to agree. But big moves there out of the Suns this week. Mm. Uh, it'll be an interesting off-season for them coming up. In other coaching news, very quickly, uh, former Houston Rockets head coach Stephen Silas has agreed to join the Detroit Pistons mm. as a new uh, assistant coach there under Monty Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, previously, he's been a top assistant with the Mavericks, Hornets, and Warriors prior to coaching the Rockets there. So, again, another real kind of player-first coach, mm. uh, which I think will be really good in nurturing these these young guys along with Monty Williams. Again, another kind of player-first coach that they've got building in Detroit there. So, really good foundations being, being laid at the minute. They have been for the last few years. Mm. It kind of feels like this is the year. You know, with where mm. they could start to build up the standings a little more so. I think so. In terms of <clears throat> coaches who are really good role models and really good people in general, those two are, I mean, they're probably two of the better ones in the NBA, aren't they? Good catch of you, Mike. They're Nick, by the way. But, um, Done very well. I think, as you were saying, for a young Detroit Pistons squad, these are the co- type of coaches that really help with their development, both as basketball players, but as people as, as people. well. So yep. I think that's a really good appointment. 100%. Lee and yourself, good to see Stephen Silas. You know, he he kind of got a rough rub of the green there, mm. didn't he? You know, inheriting a Houston Rockets team that wasn't really intent on winning winning or in a position to win. Mm. Um, great to st- see him still, you know, find a position within the league there and, you know, on a really exciting up-and-coming team. Exactly. And like you said, he's a player's coach. He's an individual's coach. So he will, he will you know path the way for these for these mm. young guys. I like this signing. And just quickly, you think of that story that Kevin Porter Jr. Mm. told where he, he sort of almost turned his basketball trajectory around from a really unstable, immature type of player to sort of he's, he's certainly heading in the right direction mm. and that's in no small part to Stephen Silas. So great appointment. Sticking out east there with Julius Randle. Mm. Now, a player who's... He's had a uh, he's a he's a funny character, isn't he? You never quite yeah. know what you're going to get with Julius Randle, whether it's going to be All Star level Julius Randle, All NBA Julius Randle, or if it's kind of a bit of a uh, bit of a shit show, for a lack of better words. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just undergone arthroscopic surgery on his left ankle during the week. Uh, it's expected. It all went successful. Sec- successful. I think um, you got it the first time, to be honest. Yeah, I think I did. You're I, a perfectionist, I, though, Nick. I, I, we man, know this. You're going to do a job, do it right. Um, but he's expected to be in training camp later in later months. Mm. Um, you know, he averaged his season 25 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. And with Brunson, those two kind of make up, I guess, the big two for the Knicks there. Mm-hmm. My question to you guys is, with those two as your big two and, you know, RJ Barrett kind of making up the three. Um, how far can this team go? Do you think they're going to be any more than, you know, first round, a first round team? 
Like with, with those with those guys at the helm. I mean, we saw them um, make it to the second round this year, and they they did have a really good. Uh, Sorry, second round. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Should I say really good regular season even this year? But they they are another piece or something away from really competing. You know, if, if you were the Knicks, then if you want to compete, do you stick? I th- I think Brunson's probably a no brainer. Yep. Is yes. is Randall the guy that you can foresee? on your team helping get you to that next level, do you think? Tim and someone else. I think RJ Barrett is the guy you, you pack up. and Really? Yeah. He yeah. was probably the best for them in their matchup against the Cavs there and um, as well heading against the Heat. He was probably their most consistent performer along with Brunson. Hmm. I, I think they're another – I think they're, I'm a big RJ fan no, no, because no, I always no, spoke no, about this when we, we went know. through – Who's the what was it? Did we say Who's the number the guy one or two? On the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that didn't age too well. My pick of RJ Barrett, but <laughs> that's uh, okay. That's fine. They can't um, all be winners. They can't, can they? But in terms of the Knicks and progressing forward, I, to be honest with you, I still think they're another like at least a star away. I don't think even like supporting pieces no. are enough to progress them too far. Got one for you then. Yeah, hit us. Just there's been quite a little. T- uh, quite a lot of turmoil yeah. Um, surrounding DeAndre Ayton. Oh, okay, yes. I don't know what a package would look like. No doubt some some picks, probably Hartenstein quickly, um, you know, maybe Fournier filling in the uh, the cap space. D-Rose. D-Rose, absolutely. Mm-hmm. To get Ayton across, what do you think about that? Ayton on the Knicks mm-hmm. with Julius Randle, mm-hmm. Brunson, Barrett. Mm-hmm. What I don't do mind that? that. I actually don't mind that, to be honest. Well, you could you. even put in a package maybe RJ Barrett. Um, he could I'm be in it. Not yeah. sure how he would fit on the Suns, given their roster construction at the moment with mm. Durant and Booker. Mm. Um, but could could something like that, would that be exciting if you're a Knicks fan? I I don't think so. I'm not that high on uh, on DeAndre Ayton. I'm not high on anyone that doesn't put in as much effort as they should, and he he doesn't. So Does he need a change of scenery? Sometimes that's what it takes to reinvigorate someone. Perhaps, but I don't think DA is moving the needle too much. Mm. Bro, do you I, agree or disagree with that? Uh, agree and disagree. Um, so I agree from the standpoint that, like, DeAndre Ayton at the Phoenix Suns has disappointed me, to be perfectly honest, and I think he's probably built a bit of a reputation so far in his career that he probably doesn't want it enough. Um, but... In saying that, I, I personally think that a change of scenery might be enough to sort of reinvigorate his career. Yeah, um, he's always been pretty solid from a statistical point of view, but mate, perhaps coming to a different franchise, fresh start, gets a bit more chance to new assert conference. himself. Yeah, new conference as well. I think it might be enough to sort of freshen things up for him. And to be honest, I don't mind it because we've seen holes in Mitchell Robinson at that centre position. <laughs> And we could go on for a little while about that. Him and Isaiah Hartenstein together. They (laughs) are not the big man duo that's going to get you any further than the second round. No. That's just not it. And when you look at their their squad as well, that is probably the position like the big man stocks that needs a bit of work. So DeAndre Ayton, who's already looking, I would say, say he's not going to be at the Phoenix Suns next season if I was to make my prediction. And who, who knows? New York might be a good suitor. Just spitballing off the top of the head there, it's Lee. It's not a bad one. Lee, just for yourself, mm. would you prefer in New York, Aiton or Nurkic? Oh, I'd still go Aiton. Go for it. You'd go for a cheaper price, Nurkic, so you could probably keep a few more pieces there intact. Mm. Um, you'd go with Aiton, though? I'd go with Aiton. But then you look at the Suns and you get rid of Aiton and then they're missing a big man. You know, then they'd, they'd have to have like either Hartenstein or Mitch Robinson 
in return as like but a, even that can mm-hmm. you uh small ball five Jock Landau, straight into starting minutes. They've got Biombo still as well. He's shown bits um, and pieces, hasn't he? Not yeah. Jock. No, no. Wow. <laughs> you see, this is, this is coming from an non NBL fan. fan. Yes, yes. I, I do like Jock, but, like, don't put him in the starting. <laughs> oh, he, he looked over. good. He got good minutes there. But uh, nevertheless, we'll push it, push ahead, lads. Mm. Uh, okay. Mm. I've got I've got a congratulations followed by then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just go with it. Okay. Um a big congratulations goes out to Zion Williamson and his girlfriend. Um, the other day, big congrats to Zion. They announced the other day that they are expecting a daughter. Yes. Uh, which is fantastic news. And at that point, I, I put this in my notes. I was like, great stuff. Yes. Hopefully this has the uh, the Fred Van Bleed effect. Good news story. Gets him on the court, gets him fit and firing and healthy mm. and all that good stuff. Yep. Drama was sure to follow <laughs> only less than 24 hours later. Um, oh. when, when another chick called out Zion on Twitter, I'm just gonna uh, I'm gonna quote this here with oh, leaving out some words. Don't need to quote it. <laughs> no, just just for yeah, anyone who I, didn't see yeah. it, they need the full picture. Yep. So this other chick's called out Zion on Twitter. She's gone with, <laughs> "I let you spit in my mouth last <laughs> week <laughs> when we." I'll get rid of the expletive. When we bumped, you could have told me you had another whore pregnant. How is that going to work moving us both to New Orleans? I thought you were going to Yeah, what happened <laughs> you think I You think I would have found out at Zion Williamson. Oh, now, no. I just I went from, as I put it in, a really feel-good story. Good on you, Zion. Mm. Little baby daddy, let's go. Mm. Um, this, I, I, it's, it's serious, and I, but I just absolutely was in hysterics <laughs> when I saw this, like that first line. I let you spit in my mouth last week. And now we've got a kid coming out like, I would not want to be in that man's shoes man, right now. Man, he's uh, in all sorts of trouble, isn't he? Like, yeah, what, I thought this. What would you be thinking? Would you be like, okay, I'm going to be like a bear. I'm going to go into hibernation, pull my head over the covers and pretend this isn't happening for the minute. Go into zero dark 30 mode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or do you go, bang, let's get this on the offensive and, uh, you know, try and put the uh, situation on my terms. Which way would you go if you're Zion at the minute? You listen to your PR manager. That's what you do. <laughs> Good but that's what you're paying the big bucks for. You don't. I don't think you reply. God, no. it, it just shows some of the lives these these NBA oh. players live. Like just completely different and completely otherworldly to ours. And you're like, how 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 does that happen? But can I just say, I saw something uh, from that draft class. Was it 2020? I believe that mm. Zion, um, yeah. Zion, the number one pick, having these troubles, injury troubles, Jama Rant. Mm. having all his troubles go on that mm. are continuing to evolve. The third overall pick, RJ Barrett, mm. going solid. Oh. So <laughs> I saw the same thing and it said he's going mid. Mate, oh. he's, he's on the court. He's out of out of trouble. He's doing good things, finding some consistency. So I just wanted to... Uh, Is there something with, like, these millennials that... Uh, it's outrageous, yeah. isn't it? Like... We, we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, LeBron and yeah. everything he's done over his mm. career in terms of, you know, kind of walking the fine line that mm. he's had to and doing it to a T. But these young whippersnappers, Biggie said it best, more money, more more problems. Absolutely. Um, so yes. do not envy Zion right now. Hopefully you can get it sorted, um, you know, get into dad mode, get get better at changing diapers and hopefully get better at staying on court. And We'd love to see him. We can probably expect a dad bod from Zion going forward. What do you reckon? Is how dissimilar is that to what he's rocking at the minute? Would you say? Um, Do you reckon he maybe with that he almost loses a few pounds? He might turn into the second coming of Shaq. 
in his Boston days. <laughs> Good <laughs> that, day. that is a worrying, <laughs> a worrying, a worrying proposition time. for the rest of the league there. <laughs> Brilliant, lads. Let's push ahead. Daily dribble. Okay, into a bit of finals talk here. As we said, we're now into it. We had during the week games two and yesterday games three. Uh, we'll quickly rattle through them and then give mm. our thoughts on how it's all playing out. Any updated predictions maybe, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll take it from there. So earlier in the week, game two, the Heat won this one, 111 to 108. They're in Denver. Uh, Murray had 18 points, 10 assists. Jokic with 41 points, 11 rebounds, four assists, having some series at the minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gabe Vincent had 23 points, whilst Bam dropped 21 points, nine rebounds, four assists, and two blocks, whilst Jimmy Butler had 21 points, four rebounds, nine, oh, nine assists. Uh, a real back-and-forth game, this one, and... You know, as they've done all season long, the fourth quarter, the fourth quarter is when the Heat mm. take over. Mm. They've made a real, real sure. habit of it. They outscored Denver by 11 in this one to clutch up, get a huge road win. And at that point, you start thinking to yourself, 1-1, they got the road win. This is uh, this series has got a lot more in it than what people actually expected. So great yeah. to see that. Um, put up a post the other day. Guys, if you're not already following our socials, be sure to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, at The Daily Dribble. Um, put up a post just describing the heat and their point differentials throughout their playoff runs up to that game too. Mm-hmm. In the first quarter, across their whole postseason run, they're outscored by one point. In the second quarter, they're outscored by oppositions by 11 points. The third quarter, outscored by 12 points as a whole. In the fourth quarter, as a combined total, they're out, they've outscored teams by 90 points. Oh, that now, is such an enormous stat. I saw you post this throughout the week, Nick, and incredible. I was not aware of this. And that is a damning stat. And what does that come down to, though? Does that come down to... You know what it is, Ro. What is Say it? Lee. Consistency. The no, culture. No, <laughs> the no. Culture. And it's heat culture. And it's, as much as we joke and we laugh, it truly mm. is it is that mentality that, they believe they can come back. Like So it is a mental thing. So that was what I, my question was going to be. Is it a mentality thing or is it more so like almost like an endurance thing? They can battle with it out all the way. Yeah. They, yeah. they are animals. They yeah. are absolute dogs. Um, they fight to the last minute. And, you know, as, as I saw this stat, I was like, this is just outrageous. You don't see that very often. Mm. You know, outscored the first three quarters, yep. But then just absolutely ramming it home in the fourth quarter. You know, nobody, nobody, if you if you mm. say you did, you're lying. Mm. If no you doubt. picked the Heat to make the NBA finals, just no there chance. was no chance. No. But they have really done it off the back of teamwork, really good shooting, mm. and that drive to play to the last whistle. And um, having those leaders who lead by example in such a – it's so em- emphatic, isn't it, the, it is. the leadership on that team. And we saw it throughout that – Miami Celtics series, yep. even when the Celtics were clawing it back, the, the Heat were on record saying, we're going to win this series. I don't t- care if it takes six, seven games. We're going to win this series. And I think it's just the self-belief in themselves mm. that even if mm. they're down by, you know, 10 to 15 at the end of the third quarter, yep. they've got enough in the tank. They've got the self-belief. They've done it enough times in the past to be able to come back again. and Muscle you know, memory, that, isn't that, it, now? That, that stat's just enormous. Muscle memory. Mm. They've done it so many times that it's almost a habit. They know that yep. if they are in that position, they can come back. Mm-hmm. It was the team's first win in Denver since 2016. Whoa. Now, I don't Jeez. know if you guys saw this. A little bit of trivia. I'm hoping you didn't see it. Mm. 
Um, the last time they won in Denver, this squad looked very, very different. Can you name me two out of the five starters that were part of the Miami Heat squad in this 2016 matchup against Denver? Oh, the Miami Heat squad. They uh, beat the Denver Nuggets 2016. I will, it's some, it's a tough list. Oh. Is there any, any like, uh, any notable names on that list? Uh, there's two that you could get. Um, the, I think he was most recently with the Toronto Raptors, one of them. Uh, currently, or he might have gone to the Mavs after as well. Currently, not playing in the league. Oh, I don't know. God, um, Hassan Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside, Lee, ding, yeah. ding, ding. You've got one. Yes. Oh, and, that will kick start. And another, and another player on that Heat list. You've yeah. got, you've got one, do you? Right? What you don't us? No, well, not in the starting in the five, start. should I say? In no, starting no, five. Let me I'll get this. Oh God. He's uh, okay. There's one who's gone to the Pistons. Um, Hot Rod. Rod, oh, I don't, I geez. don't think that's an actual game, but it's a, it's a, it's a handy clue. Rod, yes, Rodney, go on, stuck hood, hood. no, stuck <laughs> Rodney McGruder, Rodney McGruder. Oh, um, the other, the other three lads, because it's, it's a tough list. Oh, so it was Goran Drage, mm. Rodney McGruder, Luke Babbitt. Oh, jo- no. Josh McRobert and Hassan White. That is a forgettable starting five if ever I've heard that. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love it as a Lakers fan. I love it um, when you see some of the squads that were going on through, you know, the early part of the mm. 2010s and it's like, you know, you're a real Lakers fan if you stuck through this time. <laughs> you're a real Heat fan if you were able to endure that. That is an outrageous God, starting I, five. I would hate to see who was coming off the bench if that was a starting was five. That, Goodness only knows how they won. Was that 2016 you are mentioning? 2016. Oh, how how they have fallen from grace mm. after LeBron and Bosch left that. And, it, and it brings a question, doesn't it? You know, building the super team. Yep, cool. It's good in the mm. uh, that period. Mm. But once, uh, once things fall apart and those pieces move on, you're left in a deep, dark hole that does take a little bit of time to come back from. So Dear. on this game, I want to talk a bit about how the heat shut down. Um, Yoke, oh, they, how they shut down the Nuggets. So they played yep. a gritty, pressurized defense, the Heat did, and they forced Jokic to score. He dropped 41 on them and only four assists, yep. which was quite the comparison to what we saw in game one, where in game one, from my perspective, Jokic was playing effortlessly and he looked mm. so comfortable. This game, I don't want to say that he had to he tried because obviously in the NBA finals, you're trying every game, but he's options to positively affect the game and affect his team um, were, were definitely limited. And then it brings us to that question that Spo got a bit heated uh, heated by the question in, in the post-game press conference. Someone mm. asked, was there a blueprint to stopping Jokic um, hinging on Miami, turning him into a scorer rather than a distributor? And I just wanted to ask you whether you think there was any validity and any truth behind that while they may may not have had the blueprint like it it's a it's a valid question it is mm. and i think you know going into the series we might have said it it might have been an episode we ran together right mm. maybe can't quite remember i remember because right i remember what you're going to say and, and it was a point around let him let him try and score 40 50 points mm-hmm. a night and it, mm. it's often the case in the nba if there's a superstar if they want to try and score every single point let them do it they're not going to be able to score 100 110 points nope. on their own nope if you can shut down the other four players on the court, happy days. Um, and that's what they did with Jokic. I thought they played a phenomenal game. 
they made their shots. Um, you know, Jamal Murray had a chance mm. at the end there with a mm. three to tie it. Didn't go down, unfortunately. But I thought the way they played defensively and with that zone, uh, it kind of caused quite a lot of headaches for the Nuggets there. So mm. a real like, impressive performance, I, I thought. I was looking into it a bit more and thinking why – why aren't these role? Why can't these role players perform when Jokic is a scorer? Mm. Is it is the lack of involvement? Does that lessen their concentration on defense? Does it make them rush their shots when they finally get the opportunity to, to get one? Yeah, I, I, think, I was having a good time thinking about why why they, this dampened them. I think it's just because Jokic is such an incredible playmaker. Mm. Like he is honestly in all time mm. one of the best big men facilitators. There we go. There you go. Good stuff. Uh, facilitators of all time. Yep. And the way he can unpick defenses, mm. it gives his his teammates so many open shots and so many good looks. When you don't have a guy like that distributing, you know, Murray can handle the rock. Gordon has displayed a little bit of playmaking in the final mm. so far, but it's not a natural thing for him. Um, likewise, KCP is in a similar boat there. Um he, he's the guy, Jokic. He is the guy who's dishing dimes and finding these open – like because players gravitate to him, he uh, normally yeah. commands a, a double mm-hmm. team. He's he's able to find the open man yeah. mm. um, because they lessened off, slackened off him a little bit. You know, it, it forced him to have to shoot all the time. I thought it was a really, really well-done job by the Heat. I have mm. a stat, actually, just that I want to rattle off real quick. Nuggets were 14-2 and two during the regular season when Jokic attempted 10 or fewer shots. They were – Seven and thirteen when he recorded eight or fewer assists. Yeah, uh, and Jokic uh, is zero and four in playoff games where he scored um, at least forty or more than forty. So, wow. Spo, if okay. you if you think this is a ridiculous a ridiculous question, and I'm sure he's looking into this, but if you're not looking into those kind of stats. Take it from me. Look into it. <laughs> reliable source. There you go. A reliable source if ever I've heard one. Uh, we transitioned to game three that tipped off yesterday. The mm. Nuggets won this one in Miami, 109 to 94. Bam had 22 points, 17 rebounds, whilst Jimmy chimed in with 28 points and four assists. Mm-hmm. Christian Brown had 15 points on seven of eight shooting off the bench. Uh, but it was the Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic show. Murray had 34 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, whilst Jokic had 32 points, 21 rebounds, 10 assists, it was a real back-and-forth contest throughout the first half mm. uh, before the Nuggets just put the foot down, had a commanding third quarter, winning that one 29-20, to 20, really set themselves up for the victory. History was made, though, as Murray and Jokic became the first teammates in history to record triple 30-point uh, triple-doubles mm. themselves yep, in, in the same game, uh, whilst Jokic became the first player in NBA history to record a 30-20-10 and 10 line Whoa. in the NBA Finals. Incredible, Enormous. incredible, incredible stuff. And it's, you know, we say it about LeBron. There's a few players, Steph Curry as well. You know, records are made to be broken. Mm-hmm. And these players are just clocking them up like like it's nothing. Yes. Um, it's, it, it, it's, and we're, it's, it's kind of like Russ with his, his triple doubles. Yeah. yeah. Because it becomes such a common occurrence that they're breaking records, it's almost underdone what incredible achievements they are. It's overlooked, yeah. He, he's ridiculous. And I, you know, congratulations, Joel Embiid. Well done, um, MVP. This guy should have been the MVP, I believe. Yeah. He's yep. an absolute superstar. Should be a triple-time MVP, I think. I am with <laughs> you as well. And um, it was 
It was a strange game, though, I thought, um, mm. because it, it was competitive by the heat, but it was mainly one in that third quarter, wasn't it? So it was. As, as much as you look at the 109 to 94 scoreline at the end, there was a 15-point differential in that second and third quarter combined. And if you take that out of it, the heat start to look like the heat could have been up 2-1 in this series with another game to come at home as well. So I think... We shouldn't look too much into the 15-point deficit, but, you know, commanding win by the Denver Nuggets. And oh, where do we see this series going from here? 2-1 up. He's yes. got one at home, at, uh, away rather, and Denver have got this Take first one in Miami. Where do we see it going? Game four tips off tomorrow. Uh, here recording Friday night. Game four tips off Saturday here, mm. Australian time. Um, for me... The key for the Heat, their recipe success, as it has been throughout the playoffs, is making threes. Mm, yeah. And for me, a big, big part of that is Max Struess, also known as Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> um, my man here is just, uh, he, he's the epitome of the Chris Middleton fairy, fairy mm. what's it called? Ferris wheel. Uh, the Ferris roller coaster, Ferris wheel. Ferris wheel, yep. yeah, a fairy wheel. Ferris wheel. <laughs> like, you just don't know what you're going to get with him no. at the minute. Um, game one, he had zero points. On oh, nice. zero of 10 shooting, zero yeah. of nine from three. Game two, 14 points, six assists, four of 10 from three. Yep, you'll mm, take that. Respectable. Game three, three points, one of seven from the field, one of four from three. Uh, he's a huge swing piece for me at the moment. And as I said, you know, Gabe Vincent's making threes, Caleb mm. Martin, even Jimmy's knocking down some threes, mm. Duncan Robinson coming off the bench. He's a huge swing piece for them. He if, is. If, the, if the Heat are going to win, they need to make threes, and he's one of their best. And particularly with Tyler Harrow out at the moment as well, they're short a guy who can knock them down quite consistently. And Max Strews has to be that guy looking at that current squad who can knock them down at a consistent rate. That if game he doesn't, was tragic. The, oh, it was shocking zero to 10, watch, zero nine from three. That's that is just horrendous. And mm, to be yeah. honest, they were in that game. They mm. mounted a fight back. They yeah, he did. Could yeah. have potentially pinched game one if he wasn't. Like, my man's got his own house built with the bricks he laid in that game. <laughs> Didn't he? If we stick to the trend, he's due to, you know, have no, a exactly. good game this game for. Mm. So. And that's the thing. He's a real Jekyll and Hyde. You, you know, it changes. He's flipping a switch at the minute. So, mm. uh, for me, that's the piece I think that needs, uh, that could swing this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you as well. And the other thing, as we saw in that game two where Miami got that win, was that it Yoka wasn't able to facilitate as much and we spoke about it earlier and I think that could also be a you know heavy contributor in Miami winning a few more games in this series and getting in a commanding position is shutting down that aspect of Yoka's yeah. game we've already seen that how um, important that is for them to get the win so I think if they can get on top of that we know Yoka's going to probably have 30 He's gonna 30 and 10 at the minimum um, but in terms of facilitating, shut him down a little bit and see what happens because I think that might be a little bit of a important factor. What happens tomorrow then, lads? Game four um, in Miami there. Lee, do the heat bounce back? Do they get one at home and tie this up at two each? Mm. <laughs> um, oh, it didn't sound promising. I, 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 let me start by saying I want them to start K-Love like they did in game two. because They've got to for size. They've got yeah. to for size. They have to. It's, and it's, just... Finals experience as well. Finals experience. It made Jimmy Butler switch on to Jamal Jamal Murray, which you know you'd rather mm. Jimmy Butler on him. It, it it does just come down to the role players. Like game three, 
role players in in uh, on both teams um, had a shocker. Both, you know, Michael Porter Jr. Uh, shot poorly. KCP struggled. KCP struggled. Christian Brown though was he the, was the uh, only he was the X factor. Mm. So I think it is going to come down to which of these role players um, perform better, uh, mm-hmm. and also on the back of Jokic and um, and Jamal Murray, the, their last game, that that historic you know duo game. I, I think they're. They're going to be too hard to beat. I think Miami will probably clinch another one, but mm. um, but Nuggets will, will, you know, close it out. Mm. Will they get it done tomorrow? The Heat. Um, I'm going to say yes because if the trajectory is true, Max Truce is in for a good game. <laughs> That's you know, true. You know, and with Tyler Hero, it's pretty smart what the Heat are doing because they're saying, oh, we think he's going to come back next game. So uh, Denver Nuggets have to prepare for that, and they would be preparing for that. And then he Are they doesn't. Worried about Hero though, you reckon? I, really? I mean, you prepare for him. I Would do. you? Yep. Is he? It, it's not like Kevin Durant that is an out and out superstar. You need to prepare for. Would you be like he's essentially doing what Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent are doing, coming out and hitting threes? The only thing regarding Martin and Vincent is they're better defenders. Mm. Like, would you would you be worried about him? Would you be plotting for him, do you reckon? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> he, <laughs> Just enough to know he's there. Yeah, he's a weapon on the offensive end. But, yeah, from a overall perspective, I don't think you're putting that much Stop time into it. Into it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what about you, Ryan? then? Do you think mm. they get it done tomorrow? The Heat tied up at two apiece, heading back to Denver? Mm. Or is it 3-1 in essentially curtains from there, you would think? It would be curtains. Um, I think they get this next one, Miami. Um, I think I had the Denver Nuggets in about six in this series, and yep. that would mean that the, uh, Miami would have to win this next one because yep. I don't see them winning another game in Denver. Mm. Um, so I think they will have to win this next one to have any shot. As Lee was saying, there's a few role players that need to step up and, and um, you know that could be the determining factor. You can't rely on Jimmy alone. To we haven't had a, win this series. We haven't had like a forty-point Jimmy performance yet. No. Is do you think he's got it in him, or is he? Oh yeah. Does he, or he is does. he like? Are the are, are the Nuggets too good? Are they? You know, is Jimmy starting to kind of wear? You know, running out of petrol tickets a little bit here. Here's my little prediction. I think we'll see a forty-point game from Jimmy before this series is over. Huge. Even if it's a loss. Even Huge. if the Miami Heat lose the finals, I think Jimmy will something will click in Jimmy's mind to go almost into takeover mode. You know how I know that different kettle of fish, mm. but LeBron and yeah. he sometimes just realizes, okay, I'm gonna have to do it on my own here. Gonna die on his sword, isn't I he? I think so. And I think Jimmy might have at least one of those games where he just goes absolutely bananas and 40 piece. As a neutral fan, I'm Absolutely rooting for the heat tomorrow. Mm. I certainly hope they get up. Series well and truly on it to a pace. I think they do as well. Um, They struggled. They've struggled at home. They struggled against the Celtics at home. Um, But I think think they've got one in them. I think the crowd will be rocking. I think the boys will be pumped up. Uh, I'm predicting the heat tomorrow. The question I want to ask you both before we move on Mm. is if this series goes to, let's say, seven games Mm. and the heat pull it out, Given the way things are currently progressing, even in a losing battle, could Jokic win finals MVP? Is, is he Would he be the favourite, do you think? If they lose mm. in Game 7, the way things are looking at the minute, would he be your favourite? He'd need to have... Uh, just based if on they, if like, they lost? I think he's averaging at the minute. I think it's like 30, 
two points, 11 rebounds and mm. nine assists. Mm. If he averaged that throughout the course of the playoffs, even losing game seven, do you reckon he would get finals MVP? So here's the thing. There's something about a losing a, – so a player from a losing team in a final of any sport, so whether it be basketball or we know in the AFL we have the Norm Smith medal in the grand final. Yep. There's something about a player in a losing team winning that that I don't – I'm not really a fan of. Even if he was the best player, the most influential player. So here's the thing. I think if it was anyone – from a losing team, I think Nikola Jokic would have to deserve it. I think he he's probably stiff not to win that third MVP award this season. And you just read read out those stats before; they're incredible numbers. Incredible. And he even if they lose this series, the Denver Nuggets, which I'm not expecting them to, it's not going to be on the back of Nikola Jokic, and he'll be doing everything in his power to prevent that from happening. So if he won that. I'd be more than happy with that. It's only been three games thus far. There's mm. still plenty of mm. things to play out if that were to eventuate, but mm. there's no one that you could feasibly see on the heat at the minute that would would take it away. There's no, there's no. been no superstar standout performances. Bam has been really solid. Jimmy's been been solid without being incredible. Um, yeah, it, it's a fascinating little uh, little mm. storyline to it. If the if the Nuggets win. For as good as Murray's been, unequivocally, I think it'll be probably unanimous yes. that Jokic gets it. Yep. But, uh, yeah, exciting nevertheless. So the last person who did win it and on a losing team and the only person was Jerry West in 1969. So, Absolutely. But in saying that, from 1969 to 2023, there's no one that I would have would pick to, you know, win the finals MVP on a losing team more LeBron than... Against- yeah. LeBron but, against the Warriors in, was it 20, uh, forgive me, was it 2017? But they mm. had their clear, the, the Warriors had their clear players of, of you know, they could pick who could win finals MVP because they had so many outstanding players. Well, that year but, Iguodala won it. Probably could have been LeBron. Oh, gosh, should have been. <clears throat> Should have been Steph or something, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't think it will happen. I think that just goes to show that the voters, unless there's someone who's just clear standout mm. on the on the losing team, they I think they like to give it to someone you on the give winning it to the team. Mm. I think so. But, yeah, Jokic is capable of winning it regardless if they win or lose. Exciting to see how that plays out, lads. As to is the rest of the NBA finals, a couple of games still to go. As I said, game four tipping off tomorrow. By the time a lot of you guys listen to this, game four will have come and gone. Mm -hmm. Um, But certainly looking forward to seeing how the rest of the series plays out. Lads, let's push ahead. Daily dribble. Okay, into a segment we dubbed last week New Blood. Uh, We had our first instalment last week where we each kind of have selected a draft prospect Mm. upcoming, the NBA draft, only a couple of weeks away now. We're giving a bit of a scouting report and shining a bit of a light on players other than Victor Wembenyama. Getting you guys, like, the league's a lot more exciting. It's a lot more exciting, the draft, when you know a little bit more about these players. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're just hoping to shed some light on this as well as, uh, you know, up- upskilling ourselves a little bit here. And there's a little bit of bragging, right? So oh, let's it be is. Honest, oath it is. Once the next season rolls around and we go, oh, oh yeah, I recommended yeah. that guy. I think there's a little bit of, oh, yeah. Oh, maybe. Um, Nostradamus here or yeah, something. Yeah, without a doubt. So, mm-hmm. no, last week we went through um, – we were very fortunate. We all selected different players. We're hoping that trend will continue tonight, but uh, let's see how we go. Who wants to kickstart us? I'll go. I'll go. That's the spirit. Um, my guy <laughs> is 
Grady Dick. Mm. Yeah. I was, I was looking and I was oh. like, oh, I bet someone's like someone's definitely going to pick it. The well, name is too so. hard to escape. Oh, I think so. And he's he's been given a lot of hype, but I think rightly a lot so of as flack well. For like that. I can't even I, Grady Dick. Yeah. I can't um I can't really talk, and neither can Lee with the, the old surname. It's uh, we've copped our fair share over the time, I think. But, I would imagine so. Um, yeah, Paul Grady Dick, but no, he's going to be my pick this this week. Um, six eight small forward out of Kansas, um, averaged fourteen and five in the twenty two twenty three season for them, and he was a really handy contributor for the Kansas Jayhawks. Um, they yep. went twenty two and eight. And fell short in the um, NCAA championships, but he was a really heavily contributor towards their season. Um, He's really primarily known for his catch-and-shoot three-pointers. He set the record for Kansas as a freshman with 83 three-pointers in that season. So That's That's a good clip. So how many games, what do you say, was 20 and 8? Uh, 22 and 8 for the Kansas Jayhawks. 30 games. Mm. Well, it's going about three games. That's a nice consistent nice, average. Nice clip and 40% at that clip as well. So he's Beautiful. knocking them down regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also quite dynamic in the way that he can find points. Um, he's known for that three-point shooting. But if you look at his highlights, he, he's very he's a very smart player. He seems to find the right spots and run the right lanes. And he's got sort of like sneaky athleticism when it comes to making his way to the rim and like finding out a way. Pace, to... But just kind of crafty, is it? Like yeah, I just... think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. Like you will look at, when you look at his um, highlights, he, he's knocking down some really tricky sort of like acrobatic layups, which not many guys I don't reckon yeah. can knock down. So I think he can find his shot, which will be um, really important in the NBA. Um and also his, his IQ seems to be really high and it probably does come back down to, as I said before, his ability to find the correct spots to, I mean, assist him with um, getting a good shot off. Good um, yeah. So I think he's going to be um, really – it will be a really valuable contributor in his first year, I think. He's, I don't think he's going to be one of these guys who will take a little while to get going. If he gets regular game time – um, I think he'll show enough to really catch people's attention. Um, Where's he projecting? So he's projecting around the 8 to 12 mark from what I can see in the mock drafts. Yep. And I think some people are hoping he goes, well, particularly, I guess, Orlando Magic fans, are hoping he goes to Orlando because we know how their woes from behind the three-point arc mm. were last season. They were among the Profound. worst in the league. And he will contribute significantly in improving that. So... Um, that's a, that's a spot that he might end up. Do you reckon um, he might get dubbed if he, you know, on the call, live calls, if he, you know, a couple of mistakes, a couple of boneheaded plays, he'll get the uh, Grady Dickhead call? Do you, reckon he, do you reckon they might call it that? No, might catch I don't on? think Americans say that. It's, Dickhead, it's very no, Australian, you reckon? Yeah. Oh, okay. That I, might be just us calling him that. I've heard <laughs> um, comparisons to Reggie, Reggie Miller, yeah. White Reggie. Yeah, I've heard the same thing. And Wow. I've also heard that um, we know Reggie was super competitive, could knock mm. it down from the three-point arc, obviously one of the best three-point shooters of all time. Amen. This this is the thing that's overlooked from him is the fact that he is such a dog on the court and he's so competitive, wants to win, which I think will attract a lot of NBA teams. So as soon as a team can pick him probably around that 8 to 12 mark, I reckon he'll be off the board. Um, and... 
it, I'll just show you a picture of him and I might put it up on the video format. Please. Oh, what do we reckon of oh. his ESPN picture? He's in a suit. He looks like you he looks a like TikTok. a pure kid, doesn't he? If you if you're not following our TikTok, uh, it was I think sometime last season or this season, Bro yes. put up his all NBA accountant team. <laughs> he would he make is it for sure. The, just the poster boy for it. Yeah, hasn't played a game, but would make that team in a heartbeat. It Brady looks, Dick. Yes. So I mean, wow, he could be that baby face assassin. <clears throat> Oh, he's, he doesn't yeah. look like he could. He's going to be like a bowler, just from I guess above the shoulders. But Austin Reeves spec, you know, bit, yeah, yeah, I think so. So he's oh. certainly one to look out for. You'll remember the name, surely. Oh, my mind is just racing at the minute with all the potential long <laughs> calls and, and the way you could go. Yes, there's a lot of ways you could go with it. I yep. think it's exciting. I um, me too. Yeah, what a name! What a name that will catch on like wildfire for sure. Uh, I might, I might go next. Good. Um, I've got here. Cason Wallace, he's a six-foot guard from Kentucky. Last season, he averaged 12 points, four rebounds, four assists, and two steals a game, uh, going at 34.5% from three. Mm. He's getting play comparisons to Drew Holiday. Oh, now like that. the term jack of all trades, master of none, that, uh, that sums him up perfectly. Mm. He's, uh, he's certainly not elite at everything, but he impacts the game in so many various ways. Um, He's projected to go around the 15th mark. A big part of why he's projected to go, I guess, this high is to his defensive upside. Mm. Um, he's regarded as one of, if not the best defenders in this class, especially on ball. Um, offensively, he's a combo guard. He's proven to be effective on and off the ball. He's, he goes at a decent clip from three, but this is an area probably once he gets into a couple of training camps and things like that, you know, 34.5% in college, if you could get him up to a 36%, mm. 37% in the NBA, you'd be absolutely delighted. Mm-hmm. Um, but his jump is quite quick, fluid, and consistent, which mm. is what I like. His, his actual mechanics are what stood out. Like he's very – he's got a really good rhythm to consistent. it. Now, if you're from Australia, um, an AFL fan, bro, we've mm. spoken about it quite a lot lately. Um, I'm a Colton fan. Harry Mackay mm. is a reigning Coleman medalist, meaning – for all of our American listeners, he, he kicked the most goals in the season. Watching his action, it changes each time he kicks it. Very unpredictable. Very unpredictable, very erratic. Um, but with Case and Wallace, that's what stood out, just that consistency mm-hmm. and, as I said, fluidity there. So um, really excited about what he has to offer on both ends of the floor. In terms of downside, um, he doesn't take a, a lot of difficult threes. Which is which meaning he kind of, he he prefers to be square. Yeah. In the NBA, he's not going to get that much time, that much freedom, that much space. So I think these type of shots that he's actually after that he normally takes are going to be a lot harder to come by. So again, once he gets into training camp and has a little bit more pressure at an NBA level, hopefully he refines this. But mm. that's uh, that's one thing from reading the scouting reports and just looking at the threes he takes uh, that has stood out thus far for me. From what I've heard um, for about this guy, you don't want to judge a book by his cover because mm. you, you brushed over it pretty quickly and I'll bring it up again. Six foot, you said, and and touted as one of the best. Six foot four. Oh, God, I thought you said six foot. No, six foot four. Oh, well, that, I'm, foot. I might be thinking of someone else. But um, mm. no, do you reckon his game is will translate over to the NBA well? I think so. And from everything I've read and just, you know, from reading a lot of interviews and hearing things, he's 
the ultimate competitor. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a guy that makes everyone around him better, even if he's not showing up necessarily as big in the box scores. His kind of drive and willingness and want to win, it'll permeate through squads. It'll it'll just, um, he'll be kind of a a real... Mm. Um, almost tone setter. Mm, yep. uh, so I'm really excited just to see, you know, it might not show up in the box scores, but uh, as a contributor on a team, especially a young team, I think, like if he went to the Magic, hypothetically, mm, I think mm. he would really be able to stabilise this team yep. and bring the best out in everyone, especially mm. those young players they've got. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what Cason Wallace can do. Six foot four, Lee. Six foot, not six foot. Four inches is a, is a hell of a lot, depending there, on who you ask. There is Bloody someone oh. in the draft that is very small, but touted as one of the best defenders. Uh, maybe I'll touch on him next week. Oh, there you go. Oh, there we go. There's something to look forward to, just, a little bit of a uh, bit of a tease. Just, just quickly before Lee goes on, like as much as these scouts love a guy who can fill up the box score and from a statistical point of view, they look like they're going to be a valuable contributor to your team when they hit the NBA. There's something to be said, I think, also about these guys who are competitive and the guys who have that passion and want to win because I feel like even if you can fill up the stat sheet but your mental game is yep. not where it should be, I think it it, it, do, it ultimately doesn't really work out once you hit the big league. So I think that he, particularly those guys who have got that in place already before they even hit the league, that's a huge advantage. We we know this, like in any professional sport, and we've spoken about it, I think a little while ago, any professional Mm. sport, doesn't matter which one you choose. If you're playing, say in the NBA, Mm. you're in the top 99.99% of all Mm. basketball players in the world. Mm. Yep. That, that point zero one it's purely mental. There's mm-hmm. not yes. a lot of physical to it. If you've mm-hmm. made it that far, it's based on your output, your work ethic, everything like that. That's the separating factor. So, For sure. yep. um, yeah, there's a lot to be said about it. Lee, bring us home strong, my friend. Mine guy is Nick Smith Jr. Have we heard of him? No, strong name though. No, he's uh, Nick he, with a K or Nick with a C? Both. Nick with both. CK. Oh. oh. He's, Nick's not a huge fan of him then. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> um, he's 19 years old out of uh, Arkansas, the same team as um, my guy last week, Anthony Black. So well, you may as well rattle off the whole team at this point. But, and they both <laughs> sound like accountants. Yeah, they do. West up now, like you're a... <laughs> He's, he's um, looking to go mid to late first round. Yep. Um, he's a slippery scorer who can really get to his spot and get get any shot he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and what caught my eye at first was how tight his hand was and how, how, how impressive his handles are. He's one of those guys that they'll do a hesitation move or they'll do a, you know, a hang dribble. And it's just one of those ones, especially the hezies, you're like, Oh, because yeah, the hezies are so dirty. disgusting. To be honest, yeah. As Lee was going then, I was waiting for that. Like, <laughs> I, I just knew it was coming. I was like, oh, I wonder. Oh, like, yeah. It didn't disappoint. No, with this guy, he'll it. do a hezzy and like pull that. Like, I can see a lot of ankles being torn in half. Yeah. Is it kind of a Kyrie Irving kind of spec, oh, just with that tight handle, getting to his spot, the hezzy? Um, just the ability to break defenders off the dribble is it kind it's, of? It's very hard to compare anyone to Kyrie's handles uh, because he's, he's a no. wizard, that guy. But um, if if anyone in this the draft class, I'd compare him to his handles. Be probably Kyrie. Yeah, no. Um, he's a crafty finisher. He, he likes to get to the bucket. He's he's one of those guys, and it doesn't really matter if he's left or right handed because he's so ambidextrous that he can really shoot with either hand. Mm. Um, he's shown flashes of playmaking, but he's 
unlikely to be the lead playmaker, but he's a good backup option. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and but then we get to his his downfalls. He's a, he's a string bean. Strength <laughs> is his weakness, and strength is his limitation. Um, How big did you say he was? Uh, I think he's about six six four. Yeah, but, cool. But he, he's he's pretty skinny, so yeah. he, he needs to bulk up a bit, and yeah. I'll have a bit more confidence, but. I think he'll be on a couple of highlight reels, this guy. Oh, look, if if the main weakness is the fact that he's a string bean, I think that's a good thing because mm. not many guys that age really have Beef, built themselves yeah. into NBA shape unless you're Zion or Scoot Bloomer, he might have just only just come out of uh, hitting puberty. Yeah, like real yeah exactly loss, right. Exactly right. You I'm sure you'll get a few more um, kegs on by the time his yeah. NBA playing days are out. And- well, it's the same with Shit Holmgren. There mm. was pictures released earlier today of him putting on a bit of muscle, you know, he's had the season off. Yep. He's still quite slim, but he's mm. put on a considerable amount of muscle. That Ben Simmons one, where was that picture from? Because now that uh, did not look, who, who put that up? I, that was, that was me. That, that did was not me. look, that and we got, photos, you, we, someone, you got called out for Someone it accused us of editing that picture. Yeah. I didn't edit it. I just saved it straight off Twitter, the most reliable source there is. So I, it has to I, be real. Who was the source? I, uh, uh, I don't know. Some random Twitter. Does it look, he looked at, <laughs> like, I backed it too. I thought, oh, I really wouldn't have put up something fake. I, I replied to this guy and, uh, uh, yeah, look, I don't know if it's real or not. It, it did look massive. like he had, he was on the roids, but who knows? I, it, it certainly wasn't Shams or Woj reposting that one. So that was, it that could be questionable. He, he called us out and he said, why'd you all let it that? It's a fair point, Ross. Uh, what is it? Bosco. Bosco. It's a fair yeah. point because it didn't look realistic, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. It got a bit of an engagement, which is the least, which is the, you know. That's the main point, you know. There's uh, clickbait yeah, at its exactly. finest. Yeah. That's what we do here. But, yeah, no, a very exciting play there, I think, Lee. And, um, you know, someone, there's nothing better. You know, we love flashy dunks. We love, you know, threes. But someone with a tight handle, mm. that's a real spectacle, you know. It's mm. mesmerizing watching Kyrie. Yep. If there's a little Kyrie 2.0, a little Kyrie Jr. here. Um, Watch yeah, out. very exciting. I I look at him and like not that this guy's a all out superstar player. He's actually a pretty pretty undermined role player. But Emmanuel quickly, just the way he can oh, um, yeah. navigate around the basket yep. and his mm. float game. I see I see glimpses of him in Nick Smith Jr. There you go. If he's going in that later first round, that'd be a very tidy pickup mm, for yep. any team out there for sure. Gentlemen, there's another three players done and dusted. I think probably next week will be our last installment prior to the draft. Mm. Um, but again, a great little activity just to showcase some of the other notable players that we're going to be seeing in the league next season. Mm. Um, you know, it's coming around quickly. You know, we're still in the, uh, the latter stages of this season, but the anticipation for next season is already, well, it's continuing to build already. Mm-hmm. Um, no doubt, no doubt. As 24-7, 365, <laughs> the NBA theme park is constantly open, even on Sundays. Um, <laughs> so a lot to look forward to, lads. Likewise, the NBA finals, as I said, game four coming Tomorrow, we will keep you updated with all the news, all the results, all the fallout of that one. So be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or if you're watching this one on YouTube, subscribe so as to never miss another episode. Well, as checking out all of our socials, Lee, where are they at? Oh, we're on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, probably YouTube. Before. Mate, the whole lot, we are there. So guys, be sure to check them all out. We are very appreciative of all your continued support. From myself, from Roy, from Lee, from the entire Daily Dribble team. Guys, have a great week. Enjoy the NBA Finals, and we can't wait to break it all down again next week with you. Till then, see ya.